First Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. I'm sure you all know the story, but we're going to rehearse it. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, and Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then he made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the afflictions of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it came, it happened as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli washed her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put away, put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have not drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have spoken at her mouth. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. The Lord, the God of Israel, grant your petition which you have asked of him. Of him. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. Luke chapter 11, verse Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he seized that one of the disciples came to him. Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day your daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Hallelujah. So in these two little passages, you see two different people engage in the same activity, prayer. Hallelujah. Now, Hannah prayed in bitterness of the soul because she had a need and that need could only be met by God. Amen. And so she went into the temple and she prayed fervently. Amen. In James chapter 5, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Hallelujah. Fervent prayer avails much. And Jesus, when he was on the earth, was a prayerful person. And he so prayed that his disciples were intrigued and they were challenged to the point that they went to him and they said, Master, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Amen. And um, Jesus taught 
them how to pray. Amen. And the, the, the funny or the intriguing thing that I want us to look at is what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, are you with me? Which means that it is something that has to be done. It is something that is, that is needed. It's something that has, it's a matter of course. It isn't if ever you pray. It isn't that maybe when you pray, when it comes up time to pray, this is, what you, this is how you pray. No, when you pray, Jesus was a prayerful person. Today I want to talk about the reasons why we must become prayerful. The reasons why we must become prayerful. It's okay to tell somebody to pray, but it's, it's better, I feel, that you tell them why. Are you with me? So that it really emphasizes the point that we should pray. We read in uh, Luke chapter 18 the parable that Jesus gave to this wise that men always ought to pray and not to faint. And then he goes on to talk about the widow who needed um, vindication. But one of the things that he said, I think it's chapter, verse 5, he says that nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, would he find faith on earth? When God, when, when the Son of Man comes, when Christ comes, would he find Christians praying? Would he find the children of God praying? Would he find the house of God as a house of prayer? Or you will find people who only pray on Sundays? Statistics shows that the average pastor in America prays only five minutes a week. Yes. Praise only five minutes before, before he, he goes to the pulpit on Sunday. Are you, and we are talking about the pastor, not the, the average Christian. The Muslims pray five times a day. The Jews pray three times a day. But Christians, Pentecostal Christians, we don't have any prayer life. We don't have a scheduled meeting. I was telling you, was it the, two weeks ago, I was saying that you must have a schedule of prayer that you make every day. Are you with me? Prayer is the greatest meeting that man has with God. When Jacob had the revelation in Genesis chapter 18, that revelation of, of a ladder going to heaven and touching heaven is a revelation of prayer. Because as men pray, the angels take petitions from the earth and take it to heaven. And the angels bring the answers of our prayers back down the ladder to man. In fact, God cannot do anything on earth except man prays. Hallelujah. Nothing can be done without the petition of man. Amen. He works in tandem. He works in cahoots with us. When we pray, then he answers. And when we pray, we invite him into the scene. And it's, it's that thing that makes us feel and have divine um, enablement to see our requests made. Amen. Our requests, I mean, you look at uh, Hannah's, Hannah's situation. It was hopeless. For many years, she had tried to have a child. In those days, they didn't have IVF. But I think spiritual IVF and everything had been done. She had done everything she could to, to give birth, and it wasn't happening. I used me. But when she engaged prayer, she engaged God. She brought God into the scene. 
When she engaged and made a vow, she brought God into the scene. When you pray, you bring God into the scene. If you are struggling with, the, with your job, when you pray, you bring God into the scene. If you are struggling with your accommodation, when you pray, you bring God into the scene. If you are struggling with uh, your legal, uh, whatever, if, when you pray, you bring God into the scene. Anytime you pray, you bring God into the scene. The reason why prayer is difficult is because Satan knows the power of prayer. Am I making sense? The reason why it is only at the time of prayer that you feel sleepy. It is only at the time of prayer that you feel like scratching yourself. It is only at the time of prayer that you feel that you have to make an important phone call. When you're watching TV, it doesn't occur to you to make a phone call. It doesn't occur to you to, to, to watch your phone and, and go on the uh, internet or anything. But when you start praying, immediately your mind tells you to do everything else but, but pray. Anything that you need to, it's like anything becomes urgent at the time of prayer. Am I making sense? It is only at the time of prayer that everything becomes urgent. Hallelujah. So I want to give us a, a simple, my message today is very simple. I can finish it in two minutes. Eight different reasons why we must be prayerful. Eight different reasons why we must be prayer, prayerful. As children, number one, as children of God, no matter how diligent we may strive to please God in all other faces of our responsibility, if we do not pray, we are miserable failures. Uh, okay, I can, I can shorten it. You are a failure if you don't pray. Easy. <laughs> so choose which one you want. Should I should I read it again or I should give you? As children of God, no matter how diligent we may diligently we may strive to please God in all other phases of our responsibilities. If we do not pray or pray properly, we are miserable failures. In other words, if you don't pray. You are a failure. A miserable failure without prayer. It means you can work in the house of God. You can win souls. You can read the Bible. You can give. You can do anything. Different faces, different scenes, different things that you do in your attempt to please God without prayer it makes you a, a miserable failure. Are you with me? Because who are you doing it for? It is like a wife who is not on talking terms with the husband or has annoyed the husband and she's trying to cook, trying to wash and clean and everything. Those things are all supposed to be pluses. Are you with me? But because the most important thing, which is the conversation, which is the, the communication, which is the rapport, which is the friendship, has been cut off, everything else is nonsense to the man. Are you with me? And it's the same with parents. If a child has annoyed you, she has, a child has disobeyed you, or is not talking to you, and she's busy 
going up and down, trying to wash and clean and do everything. The, even when a child is passing, um, the child annoys you. How many parents know what I'm talking about? Why? Because it's like, what I want from you, you are not doing. Are you with me? There's a scripture saying when Jesus chose the disciples, that he chose the twelve that they will be with him. Look for that scripture for me. His, his whole mission was not for the disciples to work for him. The working for him was after the being with him. I don't know whether you are getting it. The most important thing to him was to be with him, not to work for him. Mark 3.14. Are you with me? The being with him can only take place in a place of prayer. He appointed 12 that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach. Are you with me? Being with him is more important than going out for him. I don't know whether you understand it. To be with him is more important than anything else. So first things first. First things first. Be with him. As a Christian, the first thing first is to be with him. Is to spend time with him. He wants that more than anything else we do. Am I making sense? He wants that more than anything. Is not, I mean, we can run around and do everything we want to do. That is why he said that they will come in Matthew 25, they will come and say, we cast out demons in your name and everything. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I do not know you. Why? Because you, never, you are never with me. How can I know somebody who has never spoken to me? A lot of people know of me. There are some people who say, this is my pastor. And to be very honest with you, I don't know them. And as the church gets bigger and bigger and bigger, a lot of people who call, this is, oh, this is my pastor. Oh, this is my, oh, Pastor Chris is my pastor. Oh, yeah, oh, he's my pastor. But I don't know them. Because they've never been with me. I don't know, I don't know them. With all the good will and intentions that I have, I don't know them. We were walking, me and him were when Morrison's we were buying food. We we're chatting and everything working. And then all lady with a friend said, ah, come, come, come. Said, this is my pastor. This is my pastor. Said, you, me? Do I know you? So, so this is my pastor. I, I don't know you. So as I was going, she was my pastor. I said, I don't know you. Said, as I, was, I don't know you. So we are in the submarine department. Say you are in the, in the under the water. How can I know the people who are under the water? She's in the submarine de- de- department of the church. I don't know the sub Pastor Sam. I don't know whether you have created a department that I don't know anything about. <laughs> submarine department. I don't know. Are you with me? There is, there is a, a, a lady that, I, I keep forgetting her name, that the other day said, 
Sister, I haven't seen you in church for a very long time. Oh, perfect. I've been coming to church consistently for the last three months. I said, hey. So, after, so we started arguing. And I mean, honestly, I said, no, you haven't. I've been coming every day. I said, from today, anytime you come, after church, come and give me a hug. Then I know. From that day, I realized that she comes to church every Sunday. Because after church, she'll come and give me. Sometimes I'm talking to someone, she's waiting. <laughs> as I'm talking to a person, she'll be like that. Then she'll be trying to get my attention. Because as soon as they share again, she wants to leave. So it's like she'll be waiting. Then <laughs> she'll, she'll give the hug, and then she's away. Are you with me? But because of the hacks, now we are very close. Now sometimes I wander after service, I wander to, to my office and she'll be at the, office, the door waiting. She'll be waiting at the door. So as soon as I open the door, then she'll come. So I'll see you. Then she goes. But that's how prayer is like. Because a lot of people come to God and go. But when you come and hug, he can't forget. He can't forget. You know, sometimes, sometimes I want to just have meetings. So I'll say to uh, Josie, can I have a meeting with this person, that person, that person, that person. I just... People who come into my mind, I just want to have a chat with them. But it shouldn't be me wanting to have a chat with people. It should be people wanting to have a chat with me. Are you with me? But people don't want to have a chat with me. So I have to schedule a meeting so that they will come and sit down. Say, oh, so how are you? This is a usual suspect. I don't want because they've been, they come and just come and disturb Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because that is what God is longing for us to come to him. Because coming to him brings us closer. I you with me? Like I see BK all the time. But now until BK came into my office to sat, uh, sat down and we had a chat. Now it's like, okay, we have a connection. Now I know him. Now we... You, you understand? I know everything about him and now we can have a bonding. But you come to church, you come and dance and go, I don't know you. <laughs> Are you getting I don't know you. I, I'm nobody in particular. I'm not, not nothing. But if, even if me and all, just a few of us here, I still, I don't know people because we are not talking. Can you imagine God with all the billions and billions of people there? He needs to know your voice. That girls always sit there, stand there like that. Like, you're wasting my time, but I'll wait. Last Sunday, we was just by the pillar. Wait, I, I don't know who I was talking to. You know you're wasting my time. <laughs> but she has vowed that she will also not leave until she has given me the heart. I So don't let the day finish until you have spoken to God. 
Because everything else that you've done for him in the day is a miserable failure until you speak to him. Hallelujah. See, prayer makes you, uh, next one, prayer makes you a man or a woman of influence. You know, those who are number two, point number two, prayer makes you a man or a woman of influence. You see, if somebody comes and says, oh, Reverend Chris says this, it will depend on the proximity they have. Are you with me? Oh, I don't, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If Jesse comes to, to, to Abby and says, Reverend Chris says this, Jesse will, Reverend, uh, Abby will want to check, double check. Because Jesse is not always in my office. So how can she say, Reverend Chris says? But if uh, uh, she says that, Reverend Chris says that, you won't think twice. Or Josie says that, I said something. You won't think twice about it. Why? Because they are always in my office. Are you getting the difference? So the more you spend time in the presence of God, the more influential you become. <laughs> my office is not important, so you're, you're coming to my office, it's nothing. Don't, don't want to come there. <laughs> Opel, you don't understand what I'm saying. If Pell says to, to anybody that I said, you are, when did he say that? Because Pell will never come, will never come to my office for anything. Unless, unless, you know, one Wednesday, I think three, three Wednesdays ago. No, she just came. That's the first time she just came to said, today I've come. <laughs> she came to sit in my office. And she was there for a very long time. And we started talking. Then I realized, oh, she's undercover lover. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't researched, but I'm sure I know his dad. I'm sure me and I know her dad. Me and her dad, we must have crossed somewhere. But until then, I don't know her. But she would tell somebody I'm her pastor. But honestly, I don't know her. Oh, but I work in the children's department. I don't know you. Have we spoken before? I always came to see this. Oh, she's bought some things for the children's department. She says, okay. Say, you are working really hard. That was when I got to know that she works very hard. In the children, I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, the, what I realized that a lot of people work very hard in this church that I don't know anything about. I, I, I'm, I, I was very surprised, but I found out that a lot of people work hard that I have no idea who they are or what they do. 
But the closer you get, the more influential you become. Are you with me? Prayer brings influence. You know, when Elijah from Tishab came and says that, as the Lord whom I said lives, there shall be no rain on the earth for the space of three and a half years. Good day came and then it disappears. And there was no rain. And Cain had to send, send for a search party to go and find him. He's a man of influence. And then when the king locates him, he said, there is a man who troubles Israel. I'm not the one who troubles me. You are the one troubling Israel. Say, please, I beg you. So, okay. As the king leaves, there will be rain. In fact, hurry up from here. Leave here. Go to, go to your house. By the, before you get to your house, rain would have started. You must be a man of influence to be able to say something like that to the king. And it works. And can, when the Bible says, when he left, he put his head in between his knees and began to pray. He prayed the first time, sent his servant with nothing. Prayed the second time, until the seventh time. He went back to the source of influence. Are you with me? Listen, prayer is our secret, our secret source of power. The more you pray, the more powerful you are. The more you pray, the more influential you are in the spirit. The more you pray, the more you can command demons and they have to respond. Hallelujah. So you want to be a woman or a man of influence spiritually, physically, become a person of prayer. Hallelujah. Number two, number three, prayer makes room. Prayer makes room for you. Prayer makes room. Prayer makes room. Amongst the mothers, we could not add Hannah. She was not part. Oh, let the mothers come to the right. (laughs) Hannah couldn't go to the right. But prayer made room for her. That now when they call the mothers, she too, she can present herself. Mothers of three. Hannah was included. Mothers of five, Hannah was there. Mothers of seven, Hannah was there. From the one who was excluded from mothers, now she's there because prayer had made room. Hallelujah. Your prayer will make room for you. I say your prayer will make room for you. Amongst the wives, when they call the wives, you are not part. Begin to pray. I say begin to pray. Pray. This year, when they call the wives, you'll be part. Hallelujah. don't know why you are laughing, but it's true. Denny, this year, 
When they call the wives, you'll be part. But only if you pray. Oh, I'm not joking. You have to pray. Listen, I don't know how serious you, you take it. But if you are serious three hours every day, from now to the day the husband comes, you see it. That is what I did. I prayed three hours every day for a wife for over six months. Three hours every day for just one thing. Well, what's the matter? Yeah. I'm not telling you a story. I'm talking about me. And, and it wasn't that I, didn't, I couldn't attract a woman. My problem was choice. And it's also a problem. So I was praying three hours every day for six months. Six. I, I'm not telling you a joke. I'm not telling you a story. I don't know why people are laughing. But I'm telling you something I did. So I'm challenging you. If you really want to be married, I'm challenging you to that. Three hours every day. Three hours every day. Three hours every day. For just one topic. Oh, my eyes were firmly closed. I was not looking. I was a choir director. My choir was bigger than the choir that sang on Sunday. And they were all unmarried. Mine was choice. I, I was the most eligible bachelor in the church. You can ask us, you tell you. My pastor will call me. They can't stand here. Come. They'll call me. Stand here. Uh, you see, Chris, he has just finished university. He has a two-bedroom flat and a car. My car was a car that was used to make do every wedding in the church. Every wedding was nice. My car was the nicest car in the church. So it was my car that they used for every wedding, including the pastor's wedding was my car. <laughs> So they will call me and they put me here. And the whole church is sitting there. And they will say, he's finished school. He has a good job. He has a two-bedroom flat. Oh, the sisters were praying. And my pastor told me, you know, the sisters will come. Oh, brother Chris, oh, can I come and cook for you? Let me do in my naivety. That's all. Oh, yeah, me. I was very, I was very happy. Have you seen how, how uh, Pastor Kieran is? I was happier than him. Very happy. I didn't know anything. So, so the the sister will come, and when she's coming to cook, they will come with change of clothes. So they will change and then come and cook in my flat. When they finish, they will leave one clo- one their clothes, and they will go. 
Then, hey, my pastor entered my flat one day. He said, what is this? <laughs> I said, oh, this is for sister this. This is for sister that. I said, they are moving in. Can't you see? I said, oh, no. But said, they are moving in. They are all marking their territory. I couldn't see. My, my pastor told me, pick everybody's things and go and give it to them. So I brought the rehearsal. I said, sister, <laughs> sister, sister, sister. Told me. It was my pastor who sentenced me three hours every day. Sentenced me to prayer. He said, and he told me the day the person comes, you will know. So pray that the witness, your inner witness will tell you. So the day she walked in at me, I was playing the keyboard. I was in the corner, same corner like this. I was sitting there. It was, we had just finished one service. We were going for the next service. When she walked in, she had a jumpsuit on. Blue. Blue jumpsuit. Top M. As soon as she walked, I heard the voice. This is your wife. She was in another branch. So they never used to come. They never used to come to her. To, to, to her. I didn't know her. She was in an, another branch. Totally different branch. <laughs> let me continue. Let me continue. You, pass, you, you are trying to spoil <laughs> She wants to put it on you. People found out that oh she is the one. The way they were, see, people were walking by the door. They know knock. Okay. <laughs> 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 <They want to just laughs> Don't be there. And you see, honestly, if I picked any one of those people, don't think I'll be here today. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Number four. Prayer is a command. First Thessalonians 5:17. Pray without ceasing. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says that continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in, in it with thanksgiving. Continue earnestly in prayer. Check that scripture for me. I think it's First Corinthians 4 or something. Check, check that scripture for me. First Thessalonians 5.17 Amen. Number Number five, Jesus prayed. The reason why you must pray is that Jesus prayed. 
Mark 1, 35 to 37. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 5, 7. Bible says, during the days of Jesus' life, on the earth, he offered prayer, up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was hurt because he, of his reverent submission. Amen. You know, I like the scripture because this scripture tells me that Jesus would pray loud prayers. Jesus was not, you know, the prayer they, they taught us in the Orthodox Church that you don't need to shout. Jesus, God is not deaf. You have to pray in your heart. But this scripture doesn't say that. Are you with me? What is this scripture saying? During the days of his life on the earth, he offered prayers with petition, with fervent cries. A Christ aloud. He cried out. Are you with me? Yeah, he offered with tears. Deep prayer. To pray and be crying. Pray and, and cry out. It means you have gone to a certain... It, it, it was that type of prayer that Hannah was offering. Loud cry. Hallelujah. One thing I find about prayer is that when you are praying quietly, sometimes you get this, the, distracted. Even when you, are, when you are praying by yourself and you are praying quietly, you easily get distracted. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But when you pray loudly, you don't get distracted. You, 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 you focus because your voice will tell you to focus. Hallelujah. Believe you me, the most important thing to do is to pray. That is what a lot of us don't do. A lot of us do everything but pray. Luke 11, 1. One day he was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples came and said, Master, teach us to pray. It means that Jesus had prayed so much and prayed so often and so loudly that he attracted the attention of his disciples to want to do, be able to do exactly the same thing. Are you with me? His prayer life was attractive. One of the things that you must always learn from a leader is not what they say, but what they do. Are you with me? What they do and not talk about is more important than what they say. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. What they do and they don't talk about. He never ever talked about prayer. But he did it. To the point that the disciples noticed and said, teach us to pray like you. Teach us to be able to be consistent in our prayer. Life like you do. How you do it. Hallelujah. Number six. Number, is this six or seven? Some people are on seven, some are on four. Okay, you can make up your own point. It doesn't matter. 
Prayer is communication. It's the basic way of maintaining a relationship with God. Without communication, you cannot move your relationship any further. If you want to have a relationship with anybody and you don't talk often, that relationship will not come on. Whether physical or spiritual. I'm going to make it sense. And, and, and the funny thing is that when you are the one that wants the relationship more, you must be the one to initiate the communication more. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Initiate the, 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 the conversation more if you want it. My brothers who want but don't want to communicate. You are not going to make the relationship work if you are not initiating communication. I used to call every day and I'll call for long hours. Joel, they say you make long phone calls. Is that true? <laughs> Joel, somebody shopping you here out here. They say you make long phone calls. They say you should bring your call, your phone. Bring your phone. Let's check your call history. Ah, uh, Joel, are you not here? Bring your phone. Legends, please drag him here with his phone. <laughs> Don't delete anything. Just bring it. <laughs> Just commandeer his phone. Yeah, he's trying to hide the phone. <laughs> bring, come here with the phone and come and unlock it. <laughs> you see, your accuser is bringing you. If he, if we check and the phone is not. <laughs> uh, then we will check his phone. So unlock your phone. Let's see whether your my my countryman come come next time you shop people. So let's see your call history. Keep going. Keep going. Somebody, the name is called Sweetie. So let's see how uh, Sweetie. History. History. So you see, see. So, I think, he, I think he's right, though. <laughs> 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 when I'm seeing the Sweetie, I think, I, I think he's right, though. Because all oh, this one is Sweetie. All oh, this one is Sweetie. Hey, brother. Wait, hey, let it. <laughs> There's six hours and 27 minutes. Nine hours and eighteen minutes. <laughs> 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 ten, ten hours and forty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Six hours. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
This is when they start breathing on the phone. <laughs> go, go and say, I don't mind you. <laughs> Joe, don't mind them. You are a good example. Of fervent. Legends, I hope you are learning. <laughs> you have to learn from your fellow legend. <laughs> Amen. Mm, I, I think I think I think this this one is if you can spend ten hours on the phone with a human being, and you must be able to spend twenty hours with God. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. I mean, really, God will never be happy with you. That a fellow human being spent 10 hours with them. And then him, I, I wonder your, your phone, your log, your spiritual phone log, I want to see it. To see whether you spend that much time. <laughs> you put it to spot my message. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go. Let me hurry up and leave here. Number seven. Great men in the Bible prayed. David prayed in Psalm 119, verse 164. It says that seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgment. So David was giving us. The number of times he prayed. Have you seen the scripture? Psalm 119 verse 164. Seven times a day. I praise you. How many times a day do you pray? And how often in the day? How, how long are your, prayer, your prayers? Amen. David's point was that it was so important to him to pray daily to be complete with God in constant communion. No wonder God says that he has found a man after his own heart. Hallelujah. Daniel also was a good example of prayer. In Daniel 6, 3 to 5, the Bible says that then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and set traps because of an excellent spirit was because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought of setting him over the realm. So the governors and set traps sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge of fault because he was faithful, nor was there an any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the laws of his God. Verse 10 says that and when, now when Daniel knew the writings were signed, he went home in his upper room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day 
and prayed and gave thanks before God. Hallelujah. Before his God. As was his custom since early days. As was his custom since early days. He spent time three times a day praying. That was his habit. Amen. I mean, the people said that we can never find any fault against this Daniel, except for prayer. Can somebody say that about you? We can never find any fault, except when it comes to that you pray too much. Your neighbors, can they say that you pray too much? Or you play FIFA too loudly? McLean is running. Why are you running? Why are you running? Don't let them say you play FIFA too loudly. Let them say you pray too loudly. Hallelujah. Paul was very prayerful. 1 Corinthians 14, 18 to 19 says that, I thank God. This is Paul himself speaking. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Can you imagine that somebody can say in church that I thank God I speak in tongues more than everybody here. I mean, forget about the arrogance, but it must be that he, he was ten times more prayerful to be able to say that. But how do you know how many hours I pray? To be able to say that you pray more than everybody in the room. It means you must be very, very, very prayerful. 1 Corinthians 14, 18 to 19. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding than teach others also, and teach that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues. There was a man also in the Bible called Epaphras, who was a prayer warrior. Colossians 4, 12 to 13. Epaphras, who is one of you, a born servant of Christ, greets you. Labouring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear witness that he is a, has great zeal for you. Colossians 4, 12 13, and 13. Great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those who are in Herapolis. Amen. Says that he is a prayer warrior for you. He prays fervently so that Christ will be formed in the people of Laodicea and Herapolis. Hallelujah. He must be a very, very powerful prayer, prayerful person. Amen. Number, a prayerless church is a powerless church. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. In the Contagious Church book, I wrote that prayer is the thing that saturates a church, making the presence of God so powerful that it influences everything. Are you with me? For the last 21 days, there has been prayer said in this room, in this place, every day. So there's a certain atmosphere in this place. If you are very spiritual, when you walk in, you feel it. Are you with me? It changes the atmosphere. It makes it enhances everything you are doing. 
Can't you see that prayer and worship was different today? It comes as a result of prayer. Whatever you do in, in church or you do for God, when you add prayer, it changes everything. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 19, verse 46, that my house shall be a house of prayer. Amen. If the church is a house of prayer, the people will become influential. If you are a man or woman of prayer, you become influential. Have you not realized that those who are in the occult, they have a certain power and certain, um, they have a certain confidence they, they speak with. They say, I'll do something to you. It will not be well with you. And 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 then it happens. Why? Because they have a certain influence in the spiritual. You can get that same influence with prayer. Don't let anybody intimidate you. You remember Pam? The lady in my workplace. I went to her and I said, You leave them, you'll be the first to be sacked. I told her, You'll be the first to be sacked from this place. You say you are what? Chiropractor. Carol, what we palm reader, and you are uh, what are you going changing, changing people, people's destiny. I told them, as as I serve God, you will be the first to go. And she was when they mentioned the name, she was the first. She was looking at my face when they mentioned her name, and she had tears. She was looking at my face, and the tears started. And I was looking at her. So I told you, I mean, from that day, I decided to pray. I prayed. I really didn't care about losing my job. But I said, this girl must lose her job. And I used the, the scripture for uh, David used. Who are you to defy the armies of Israel? And she was the first. Amen. There's a prayer I pray. Any job I go to, as soon as I enter the prayer, I say, I'll live here on my own terms. Nobody will get rid of me. I pray that prayer fervently when I go to any place. Because I don't want to be responding to somebody or reacting to somebody's no. I want to be acting rather than reacting. Because anyone who acts first it takes advantage, isn't it? So make sure that you pray. Amen. To be influential. Pray. Pray. For the husband who is coming. Sisters, are you listening to me? Pray. And let, let him come. And let him come right. Any joker will come and you just have to obey the wind. <laughs> because you have been waiting and waiting. So it's like any joker comes and says, okay, you can see this one. In uh, Before you jump, I wrote in before you jump that it is not possible to follow a parked car. You know what it means to follow a park? A car that's parked. A car is not going anywhere and you are following it. <laughs> where are you going to go? And that's how it is when you get into a relationship with somebody. 
As soon as you get into a relationship with that person, your, des your destiny is hooked with that person. Are you with me? And that is why the it's very important to pray. We are in, in February, so I can talk about these things, isn't it? Oh? Oh, yes. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Listen. My pastor told me that the woman you marry will influence your ministry. So you cannot marry any joker. I had over 35 girls in the, in the choir. I could pick any one of them. Over 35. But he said to me, if you believe God has called you and you want to do me. And you see, all those type of people, they know how to pretend to be spiritual because they know the, the type of person you are looking for. So when they are praying, when it comes to prayer meeting, the way they pray and they say, walk right where you can see them. And they are very, very powerfully praying and prophesying all over the place. My pastor told me that don't let that fool you. The real person, you have to see beyond what you are seeing. I don't know whether. Am I helping somebody? Because I knew where I was going. And I needed somebody who was going to take me there. Believe you me, 26 years on, when I look at all those jokers in the choir, I thank God I didn't pick any one of them. Today, not one of them. I don't know where all those 35 girls are. When I say I don't know where they are spiritually, I don't have a clue where any one of them. I don't think any one of them compared to her. Any one of them is anywhere near ministry. But they were all looking at her, saying, who is this girl with jumpsuit and she's looking all snazzy, coming like that. <laughs> Let me walk away from her before. <laughs> Amen. One number my own. But I was going to give you eight. So I should give bonus. I have a lot. I can give you bonus. Okay. The early church in Jerusalem prayed. Amen. They were very prayerful. Acts 4, 30, uh, 42. Acts 2, 32. Sorry. 42. Acts 2, 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, now in those days the number of disciples was multiplying and there came a complaint of the Hebrews by the Hellenists because of their widows who were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out men among you, seven of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But, somebody say but. But we will give ourselves continually to what? Prayer and to the ministry of the word. They were not going to be distracted. They were not going to be 
sidetracked by anything in ministry, but they were going to focus on prayer and the ministry of the word. Hallelujah. How powerful it is if you can focus on these two. If you are a pastor, you can focus on these two. You do well. Amen. In uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 4. Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menan, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to God or to the Lord, and fasted, the Spirit of the Lord said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. And having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. Remember, it was this in the same Antioch that the church where or the followers of Jesus were first called Christians because of the anointing they displayed. And that was born out of prayer. Hallelujah. So you want to be influential? You want your church to be influential? Let the church become prayerful. That is why it's very important for all of us to join in praying in the mornings, in the afternoons. And I encourage different ministries, form your own prayer time to pray. Are you with me? Yeah. Different chapels, come up with your own time to pray. When you pray, you become more influential. Am I making sense? Different churches, different branches, form your time to pray. I, I you get what I'm saying? The more time we pray, the more influential we become. The more closer we, we get to God. The more we become conversant and he becomes conversant with us. Amen. I see you becoming close to God. I see you becoming a man or a woman of influence. Being able to command principalities and powers and they having to obey you because you are a person of influence. Stand to your feet.